0: Welcome to the Alberta Wildlife Stories podcast. I'd like to give a big shout out to our supporters Grizz Targets, Slayer Calls, C&D Archery, and Precision Edge Taxidermy. To find more info on these great people, be sure to check out the links in the description, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening. Joining me today is returning guest, Megan Shara. For those that don't know, Megan joined me back in episode number 17, where she shared an incredible bear hunting story and a moose she landed with her kids by her side. She also talked about her unique way of getting into archery hunting, and I can't wait to hear her share the stories from this past season and what came of everything since she acquired her bow and took her first big game animal with it. Megan is also an avid shed hunter, and I can't wait to talk to her more about that as well as I'm absolutely terrible at it. <laughs> and without further ado, Megan, thanks for returning to the podcast. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me back.
0: Oh, of course. And I'm doing good. Thank you. Um yeah, I don't know how long it's been. I feel like it's been maybe five or six months <laughs> since we first chatted, but things have been going good for you.
1: It's been great. I think the last time we chatted was after evacuation.
0: Right, yeah. From Oh, yeah, and you guys got really evacuated because you're out in Hinton,
2: right? Hinton, right?
0: yeah. So, so side by side there. Um, yeah, and that was so wild because you guys got evacuated twice, right? Yep yeah that was a nightmare and then there's kind of the whole season and i mean holidays christmas and stuff was good for you guys
1: yeah it was really good kind of quiet
0: yeah it was nice i kind of found the same thing just really nice to uh slow down and spend it with loved ones and family and stuff like that it was really nice so
1: yeah that was nice just wind down cook meals and yeah have family over have friends over
0: nice um yeah, I kind of wanted to get right into some stuff for sure. Um, you know, I, the first thing I kind of was thinking was same thing since we last talked. Uh, you're going back into the field with maybe a few different goals from times in the past. And just was kind of wondering where you're at, where your head was at and what you were thinking, what, what you wanted to accomplish uh, going out of field.
1: Uh, Well, since we talked last, obviously archery, just because like I had shot so much, practiced so much, spent so much money on (laughs) my bow and targets. (laughs) I have four targets now. I pretty much have my own range set up at home. Nice. (laughs) So that was pretty much that was my, my therapy, my daily everything. This whole year's just been absolutely crazy. So archery was my therapy, even if it was just target practice every day nice so and, it, that was the big goal anyway was to try and get something with it this year
0: mm-hmm. and so to kind of go back even to if people didn't listen to our last episode in episode 17 um, to kind of refresh people even one of my favorite things that you talked about as oddly as it is is how you got that bow if you don't mind giving a refresher <laughs> of how you bought your your bow <laughs>
1: Oh, it was funny. No, I, this lady that I've I've known for years, and I clean her house. I clean it every week, and every week I would dust around, vacuum around a bed in her spare room, and I'd always have to move this bow to clean her, the floor around it. And finally, I asked her if she would let me buy it because she said she didn't do much hunting anymore or anything like that, and she said... Absolutely. So I worked off trade to get it and like she's pretty much the same size as me, a little bit of arms reach difference and she's left-handed. So that was a big difference because I'm right-handed.
0: Wow. So were you shooting it left-handed then?
1: Yeah, but since I've never shot one before, it was really nothing for me to learn and my right shoulder, I can't pull 10 pounds with my right shoulder, so that wouldn't be possible.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, and then throughout all the practice and everything that you're talking about like was there anything you're finding like did you go through like different arrows or anything or you know at different distances was there anything through your shot cycle that you found changed throughout all the practice and all the kind of arrows you were shooting over that time period
1: no, uh, when I first got it, it wasn't set up right, so I was I was just too excited to shoot it, and it was set <laughs> too long, so when I finally took it in to our sports store in Hinton, amazing guy, he got me set up really good and whatever, and so I had to reteach myself again how to shoot it, because I actually had it set up right, um, he he had a whole bunch of arrows that were too short for anybody that shot a bow, because most people most most guys that shoot bows have obviously arms way longer than me so these arrows he had were perfect and so i'm i'm down to six i had 15
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's amazing how easy it is to lose them like especially when they hit the ground in the perfect way it's like yeah you could search for hours trying to find Mm -hmm. something on the ground but
1: yeah, I remember losing. I, I like, I, I was really excited to try the luminox because I always saw people use them on the shows, and I'm like, they look so cool. So I started, I put them on all my target, target arrows, and when we were evacuated last time, that was, that was kind of me and my buddy's thing was just doing that, and he. He'd watch while i target practice. It was kind of keeping my mind off the fact that we were away from home. And I'm like, I won't lose any arrows because they have Luminox on them. I lost one. <laughs> <laughs> Never did find it. it
0: <laughs> That's funny. Selling feature. <laughs> Not... <Yeah>. No.
2: <laughs> but... That's
0: funny. No, I feel the same way. I like, I don't know. I've always been so kind of hit or miss with a Luminox. Like I. I I'm like, ah, like I love shooting them. I love when you can see everything on video, when you can see everything. And then part of me is also like, they're expensive and I've still lost them. And yeah, it's such a hit or miss thing. But
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I found these ones that were like, they're the same, but they were like a cheaper brand, I think, from that sports store in nice. But they
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. I just wanted to try them because they were cool looking, but.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, and like you say, usually they do like prevent you from losing them, like more often than not.
1: That that was kind of why I got him because I was yeah. I didn't like I'd spent so much money on arrows I didn't want to lose any and I, I didn't lose I think I've lost maybe two or three most of them I kind of Robin Hooded
2: nice
0: <laughs> that's always a bittersweet moment for sure
1: it's a it's a different sound a very distinguished <laughs> sound
0: yeah no kidding that's funny. So uh, with those arrows and everything, then did you find like a uh, some decent broadheads that you're happy shooting out of them and everything for hunting?
1: Uh, yeah, I did lots of asking around. Asked a lot of friends that shoot. Like lots of them use the um like Grim Reapers and ones like that. And I always just wanted to try just a fixed broadhead. And so I asked the guy back at the sports store, and he what did he give me? Just Basic G fives, nice, nice simple little three point broadheads, and they're like they're. I was always worried about the mechanical ones not opening up or some crazy thing. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Like they look really cool and whatever, but I mean these ones that I got, they were a little bit cheaper. Like I, um, I might try the mechanicals one day. Just this, this was just the first one I kind of picked out, and so far I'm happy with them.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually the same thing I'm shooting. Like, I'm shooting the G5 Montex, and yeah, that's the one. (laughs) Yeah, I have a tough time. Like, well, now on like the traditional bow, I'm shooting like the Zwicky's now, like the it's like a two point, whatever, single bevel broadhead. But I just found with the with those Montex ones, it's hard to. I don't know. There's so much stuff, right? Like there's so many different broadheads and there's so many different options that at a certain point, like if it's working and it works good, it's like, why change it? Right. So it kind of drives me a bit. And that's how many options there are, but yeah. And I definitely feel that way with the mechanicals, but it's tough because sometimes you see like, I think Montech's got those like, Oh, what on earth? are they called, they're like the meat. Oh, I can't remember.
1: I think I know which ones you're talking about. They look they look like they do a lot of damage.
0: Yeah, it's like a two-inch like, cutting hole. Um, <laughs> mega meat. Yeah, the g fives mega meat. Yeah, I don't know. They look awesome. The holes they're leaving look awesome, but same thing. I'm just so like, yeah, I don't know. So it's always tough. But...
1: Yeah, like my, my dad used to shoot a bow like way back in the day, but I mean broadheads back then are nothing compared to what they are now, so he's... He wasn't really all into the bow hunting thing when I got into it. He's like, you'll be tracking something for hours if you even shoot it good, blah, 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 because they're, yeah. you know, broadheads are not that good. Just stick to the rifle. I'm like, no.
0: That's funny. Yeah, I think, yeah, make a poor shot with either or for sure. <laughs> <favorite part>.
1: Times <laughs> have changed. Things yeah. have come a long way.
0: <laughs> yeah. I like uh, when you mentioned, like, the old school broadheads and stuff. There's who is i think it's on the three rivers archery um they're like primarily a traditional archery company and they they like to share like all the old versions of broadheads and points and stuff like that and some of the stuff people used to come up with and make for broadheads is like absurd like corkscrew looking blades and stuff it's it's cool to see but it's like yeah (laughs) it's pretty wild but
1: it's amazing how much it's changed since back then
0: mm-hmm.
1: like we're talking probably 40 years since my dad shot a bow
0: yeah but still i mean still was a relevant thing for bow hunting and how much it's changed even with the first compounds and the first even single wheels or you know single cam compounds and stuff is crazy
1: but... that's what he has and i don't he can't pull it anymore i don't think but um just this thing looks like a dinosaur <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's funny
1: And like this thing's heavy it's like 20 pounds <laughs> probably
0: not 20 pounds but it's heavy yeah oh and that's so hard to aim with a heavy bow like that you just drop your shot all the time and yeah yeah so going into the season then you're primarily archery focus um and then like did you find it tough like depending on what you were going for, stuff like that, like, were you like, oh, maybe I'll bring the rifle out for a day. Maybe I'll bring the bow out for a day. Like, were you getting kind of caught up in between the two worlds or like, how did you know Um, what you wanted to bring out when you left?
1: I usually had the rifle wherever, like, I wasn't usually around home. Unless it was like a short work take kind anything of and I could hang out at home. But like when I went, I did a, my first solo camp this year. So obviously I just took my rifle with me just because.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, but carrying both is obviously no. Yeah. <laughs> carrying the rifle and the bow is way too much. So I usually just left the rifle at camp and I'd take the bow because it was way lighter. Yeah. And I was determined to get something. Like I actually spent the summer. Putting cameras out where I'd spotted elk sign and spent so much time way out in the bush, wasted a lot of money on gas, just going checking these areas, walking, checking, and then went on that solo camp hoping for elk. Didn't happen because it was like plus 33, I think, that weekend. Wow. It was not, and it was smoky, really, really yeah. smoky.
0: Well, and this whole fall and everything too was so warm. Like, just so wildly warm, for sure.
1: Yeah, not not my favorite. I mean, it was obviously nice for bow hunting, but just not normal.
0: Yeah, I definitely felt that, for sure. But, but yeah, and I you know, I had the similar thing. People, like, when I was trying to go out at, at the end of the season with my recurve more and more traditional bow hunting stuff, people were like well why don't you bring both bows like bring your compound and your traditional and I'm like no way it's so much bow to carry around like it's a 33 inch compound bow or like a 62 inch recurve and now I've got a 68 inch long bow it's like not carried around that much stuff and I mean even mentally it's like I think you get pretty committed like you say like you got the rifle at camp for your own reasons at camp for your protection yeah. right and then yeah. it's like you know, going out to where you're going to go out and hunt. It's I think you like you kind of mentally make that decision that you're like, I want to take something with a bow, or I want to take something like with my rifle with whatever tag or whatever, right? Like that you can, I think it might be important to mention that, like when we talked about in the past that like you're indigenous, right? So it's, yeah. it's a little bit more lackadaisical. I don't know if lackadaisical is the right word, but it's a little more easy for you to go around with your rifle and but I think maybe it, sometimes it would make it harder to make that decision. Like, do you find that? Like, is it like, do you get kind of caught up in the, well, I could just go and take it with a rifle? Or like you say, like you're so driven and goal orientated to taking something with a bow. You find you're just, yeah, like you're pretty pressed on just, okay, I wanted to go out with the bow this year.
1: Uh, I'm pretty stubborn with when I get something in my head, I have to follow it through. If you ask my back to my dad talking about the bow, him telling me, no, I had to prove him wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I had to try to prove him wrong. Like any, any of my friends are like, well, just take the rifle. It's easier. I'm like, no, I want to get something with the bow and I'm damn well going to (laughs) try.
2: That's
0: funny. That's super. And I like, I feel the same stubbornness. I always wonder I'm like, will I go back to compound bow hunting from traditional once I take something? Because right now I'm just so stubbornly stuck in the <laughs> traditional world, but yeah. yeah, it's affecting everything with going out. But
1: exactly, and like it was, it was definitely a goal that I like. It's almost two years now of wanting to get something with it since I've well, yeah, I've had it for almost two years now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so all that kind of being said two years since you've had it and a lot of practice and time. And then like, I don't blame you. I think at that point you just want to find that success so badly that, and like, I was the same way too. Like when I first got into the compound stuff too, I had a few years of literally absolutely nothing, like no um, opportunities or anything. And it just gets, you would think it like at some point it makes you want to quit. And then in the other point, it makes you want to just get it. Like it fuels you to get it done even more. <laughs> like,
1: Makes you want to try harder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you're just like, this is stupid and too hard. And then you're like, yeah, no.
1: Well, <laughs> if it was easy, everybody would do it.
0: Well, exactly. Right. And those are the most rewarding things in life, it seems.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's why everybody's like, oh, just take the rifle because it's easy. It's like, yeah, it's easy. That's not the point.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean, like for yourself, like sustenance wise, I know like you and your family and your kids and stuff, you like to eat like wild game a lot. So it's like, I'm sure at some point you're like, okay, well, I just want to fill the freezer or something if it came down to it, but
1: yeah, exactly, and that's that's the only reason, and mm-hmm. like that's I mean obviously i I enjoy it passionately for every reason, especially filling my freezer, yeah, like I'm not all I'm not going to study cameras for ten years to find that two hundred inch white tail and then go shoot a white tail.
2: Yeah, (laughs) if it comes
1: down to the last day and I see something decent enough that's going to put 40 pounds of meat in my freezer, I will absolutely take it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way. Yeah, it's like you can't eat the antlers at a certain point for sure.
1: No, I mean, I absolutely love chasing big anything, but I mean, with yeah, as far as meat in the freezer, is meat in the freezer. The antlers you can't eat.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. So going into, like, getting back out and everything again, um, I kind of know the two stories that I want to get to 100% for sure uh, and kind of the timeline of how they unfolded a little bit, and we'll have to get into it a bit more. But, you know, September and everything coming in, did you find, like, when you were going out, were you seeing a lot of activity? Like, I know we were saying, like, yeah, it seemed slower, it seemed warmer and stuff like that. Did you find it a little bit off? I know a lot of people were saying the beginning of the year just felt really slow in like the beginning of the fall, I guess, but.
1: Um, not like my, my cameras were busy with lots of does, lots of fawns all summer and like the same ones, me and my kids picked out names for all of them because nice. one had a nick in her ear and this one, you know, they come by this time every single day. And then when bow season came around, like they were like clockwork every single day. So that's when I started sitting down in my stand out in the field. But I mean, hay fields, like they're they're just kind of it was easy, obviously, just go sit and watch and some nights there'd be twenty, some nights there'd be none. Yeah. And then suddenly one day, like I was getting buck after buck after buck, like all small bucks, and then that um my <laughs> My oldest kid called him Dino. He saw a picture of him. He's like, that's a dinosaur. You call him Dino.
0: <laughs> nice. That's Big,
1: awesome. weird, like not huge, like really wide, really tall, but not much for mass. So I think he's still kind of young. Yeah. But always, he gave me a couple of nice pictures during the day. And then the, everything else was at night. Every single day. Yeah. Every week for like six weeks. Just nighttime. Just nighttime
0: oh that's brutal <laughs> yeah.
1: smart so I'm really hoping he comes back next year or this year yeah. I guess
0: yeah he's not getting big yeah for being no, and for
1: I've, sure. no I've never seen him on camera there before wow. so it was really exciting to see over and over and over
0: yeah so that all was going in and then you know I wanted to I mean, start off getting into really the moose that came up.
1: Yes. Um,
0: so how did, like before that, like how did that kind of come to be in the days leading up to and the day of and stuff?
1: Well, like, all like with my cameras and stuff all summer, like I wasn't around home. Like I took drives all summer out in the bush, went for my walks, like where I went shed hunting and stuff and like followed trail after trail and cut blocks and like, okay, I'm seeing moose here. I'm going to set a camera here for a few weeks, check it out. And kind of while I was looking for rock, it wasn't, but I was really excited for the moose for it this year. And like that, that was, I, that was my big goal with the bow was a bull moose with the bow, mm-hmm. which was also part of my, my solo hunt would have either been elk or moose whichever presented the opportunity none did
2: yeah but
1: like where i had been scouting i'd been there previously not extensively but the the sign was like pastures of moose and i when did i i went out one morning for a drive um I think I was, yeah, I was just kind of hunting and like more so looking for signs so I could go out the next day because the next day was the weekend. And that was when I was going to go up and just spend the night in my my truck tent and check things out and just go for signs, find somewhere to set up for the next morning before light. So I wasn't trying to scramble to get there. Yeah. And that morning when I went up there, I wasn't... I went up way early because I wanted to check out this area and that area and like hours of travel. And so the first area I checked was way before light. And the first thing I see is this really nice young bull moose. Not huge, obviously, maybe like a three or four year old just standing in the road, pitch black in front of my truck, just staring at me and he had a cow and she kind of like I, I think it was just starting to get in the prime of the rut, and she kind of took off, and he was gone so fast. It was it was so freaking cool to see. Nice. And then, so I went further up that road and waited until it was light enough to go walk where I wanted to go uh into the cut block I wanted to check out, way out in the boonies,
2: because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was determined to go way away from anybody and be as far away from people as I could this year getting nice. something by myself Nice. and like i practiced my moose calling whatever which is not good but i practiced <laughs> enough that i think it was decent but anyway so i get to my area where i was gonna go go walk out and walked probably a kilometer up the road and i went to go cut into this cut block and i look up and i I left my phone in my heavy jacket because it was like two above, hot out, and I wore the wrong coat. So I left my phone in my coat and just had my pack and my, I think I had the rifle that day. And um, I look up and I see eight moose. I counted eight moose grazing. It looked like cows out in the cut blog. The one time that i didn't have my phone <laughs> to take a That's picture funny. yeah it was absolutely bizarre but then like i got looking with my binoculars and my like, little bull cow cow calf cow calf and i saw the biggest bull moose i've ever seen in my life like something off of like a Jimmy hockey show on his alaska <laughs> it was i've never seen anything that big and i'm like absolutely like starstruck pretty much but this thing was oh my god he was massive but he was oh wow and of course didn't have my phone didn't have my camera nothing and anyway he was probably a good 500 yards away hot on a cow that would not stop if she had stopped i probably could have snuck up close enough there were brush piles everywhere I probably could have gotten close enough to get a shot if they didn't you know take off yeah but he was not slowing down for nothing but just to see him through my binoculars chasing that cow like I, I've probably never seen a moose that big in my life again
0: yeah wow just a moment like you say without having like a phone or anything to take a picture but still to be able to just sit there and take it in and all of it's like its majesty (laughs) you're like wow
1: oh it's amazing i'll never forget it like i could see his paddles going like halfway down his back like oh crap wow but and then part of me is like the big ones don't taste good (laughs) yeah but i mean just to see him like if, if i had the opportunity absolutely i would have taken that opportunity oh yeah but just to see him was cool. So like I I sat there. I tried I tried to sneak closer to the group that was still left there just to see how close I could get. And I was being kind of picky. I didn't want the little the little bulls that were there and it was supposed to be pretty warm that day, probably like 15 above. So I'm like, yeah, do It's pretty warm. I don't know if I want to shoot anything at anyway." So, I think the trail like kind of snuck around some brush piles as close as i could get and i got up to like 50 60 yards from a cow and just sat and watched her and must been last year's calf and they kind of wandered as soon as the sun was above the trees they all just disappeared into the swamp they were gone <laughs> wow but just just to just to be in there with them like it was the moose pasture basically it was so cool
0: yeah no kidding that just sounds so beautiful there for sure But it was
1: awesome i wish i had a picture of it but
0: yeah and then so kind of mid-october rolled around and you were able to yeah
1: kind of... it was um so that was a when did it? yeah that was a friday i went up there because i took that weekend off just to go hunting so yeah. i went up i'm like okay there's so much moose sign up here obviously so i'm like okay i'm gonna get ready i'll get the bow this time i'll set up i found a place to set up for the next morning and i'm like okay i'm gonna bring the bring everything i'll be i'm determined to get something so i brought the rifle and the bow because there was a lot of fresh you know black bear sign and wolf tracks and stuff everywhere so i brought both with me the next day And got out there nice and early. It was really foggy that morning, which was I'm like, this is great. This is gonna be a great morning. So I got out to my I picked a nice little stump next to some little black poplar trees so I could scrape as I was calling. And I I don't think I was sitting for maybe ten minutes after I called. I called and I scraped and I sat down and then I checked my phone and I looked up kind of looked around like it was just past legal light and it was it was really nice and foggy but I mean you couldn't see probably 200 yards in front of you so I'm kind of looking around the brush piles and then I turn behind me and I see this bull moose and I'm looking and he's about 80 yards away just like he's just right there and I'm like I wasn't expecting that so I turned around with my phone and I took a picture of him and I posted it on my Instagram I'm like "Um, I think I'm going to wait I think I'll just leave him be and then I got thinking I'm like if I get greedy I'm not going to see another one and my freezer will be empty (laughs) and that's what I'm here for so I he didn't move Like it was probably a good uh, I don't know how long I pondered it but I'm like He's given me the opportunity. He's the perfect size. And so I turned around and like, well, he's I probably could have called him in closer.
2: Yeah.
1: But I'm like the the, the rush obviously took over, so I got set up with my rifle. Yeah. I took my time because I have a little bit of a trigger anxiety problem. <laughs> yeah me too. <laughs> <laughs> I cried not too, so I took my time, and like he he gosh, he probably would have stood there all the morning, but like lined <laughs> up on him, took my I took my time. I took my shot, and I saw him kind of buckle in his front end and plow with his antlers, and then he kind of disappeared behind the brush pile he was beside. I'm like, I know I hate him good. There's no way I missed. There's absolutely yeah. no way I missed. So I sat there in silence and waited probably, like, took my, my binoculars shaking like crazy. <laughs> and I scanned the brush pile where he was standing. It was so foggy. You could hardly see the brush pile. I'm like, well, if he ran away from me, behind the brush pile I don't know where it would went and the cut block was hard enough to see as it was so I waited probably about 25 minutes and then started kind of slowly meandering over to where I shot him and really didn't find much blood and like oh no and obviously I'm, I'm like I know I hit him but what if I didn't so I'm trying to look around this cut block, and cut blocks are hard enough to spot anything in as it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I'm looking and looking, and it wasn't probably 20 feet to my right, and I'm like, "Oh, there he is."
2: Wow.
1: <laughs> he was kind of piled up in like a stump hole, <laughs> so I didn't I couldn't see his antlers, but like he 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 hid in there really good. But like he probably went maybe 30 yards from where I shot him.
0: Wow, that's crazy, and definitely like that that photo you shared it you could tell how like even the background is like very foggy still, you know it's just like perfect morning like you
1: said. I love that picture. I'm really happy I took that picture,
2: yeah,
0: no, it's so cool. And what a crazy shot to to like I liked it like how you said you're like think about it back and forth a little bit and be like, you know what no, this is it doesn't get more perfect than that like that's pretty much a gift at that point, you know, like not moving. Pretty much exactly no. what you want to fill the freezer. Perfect eater.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I couldn't have asked for anything better. Like, I mean, if I was greedy, obviously I wouldn't have said no, but yeah. if I had done that, like, I didn't hardly see any moose after that all season.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah.
0: And then even the adrenaline of even just probably turning around and just seeing them there. And all of a sudden your probably heart sinks and you're like, Holy cow. Like like you said, didn't expect to see
2: that, but
1: (laughs) it was crazy and really humbling that I actually called something in. I didn't think that would work because like I said, my moose call, isn't that great.
2: That's so cool. That's so cool.
1: I don't, I don't have the right tone for moose calling, but obviously it worked. Like, I mean, I know the younger ones are easier to call in.
0: Yeah, because 'cause they're
1: curious, but
0: see, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to judge. <laughs> I feel like I don't have a good moose call either. <laughs> like, I don't know how to judge it, you know. Like, but no, that's got to be a pretty good judge of like, yeah, called one in. He's right there, so it worked. You know, can't be yeah. that bad.
1: No, the cow calls aren't too hard, but bull calls, no, I can't. I can't do bull grunts at all to save my soul.
0: Yeah, same. Yeah, so after that, were you like, okay, like freezer's full, I've got meat. It's like, let's get it done with the boat kind of thing.
1: Yes. So after, after I shot him and, you know, came to terms with the fact that I'm like, Hey, I can breathe now. I don't have to worry about meat. Cause Jesus, I don't know. What did I get? Probably. I'm going to say 500 pounds.
2: Holy smokes.
1: Might have been a bit more or less. I don't remember exactly. But so that was like, it was after getting that so early, I've never gotten something that big that early and not actually had to scramble to fill a freezer. So I had a minute to think about, okay, now I can actually take the time to focus on chasing this gear that I'm after at home.
0: Yeah. That's super cool. get the monkey off the back for sure kind of thing like
1: it did except for the fact that i came to terms that i need a cooler because (laughs) i think it was plus it was only plus 10 that day so not too bad like yeah um where i my dad helped me hang it in the shade because we don't have anything set up yet but where it was set up there were no flies thankfully so we let it hang for the night just to cool down and deboned it all the next day because it was supposed to be like plus 15 or 20 that day Yeah, (laughs) way too hot so we scrambled. my my best friend came thankfully out the next day and very happily helped me debone it and get them you know get them processed not processed but out of the shed so we didn't have to worry about flies wow so that was the only scramble
0: But yeah, and a lot of meat to scramble with for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I would've I would have been absolutely devastated if any of that had gone to waste.
0: Yeah. So after that then, kind of moving towards the next month and everything with your bow and stuff, were you starting to feel like a lot more confident this year as in compared to like seasons prior? You know, like like you said, after going to the shop getting set up with different arrows um shooting more and everything like that like were you going out i guess feeling more prepared than before or was it about the same
1: yeah no i felt way more prepared this time i felt a lot more confident like when i started the first year i was only shooting 40 pounds and at like 20 30 yards max and now i'm up to this year i went up to like 50 was eh, it was okay. 60s, no, not yet.
2: <laughs> yeah. But
1: like 30, 40, really comfortable, really confident. And so I had to buy a new site mid-season, which was great. So I had to mess with that for like, I felt like forever.
2: Mm-hmm. To get, because
1: yeah. I bought a new five pin site for it.
2: Nice.
1: And yeah, trying to recalibrate that after resetting my poundage I learned that everything goes out of whack
2: oh yeah
1: so I had to start from scratch pretty much yeah so I finally got that all set up but like like I said I had the time to do it now which was great yeah so I got to that daily whether it was well it, unless it was pouring rain outside
0: yeah that's nice though for sure and I that's probably one of my biggest I don't know conundrums or frustrations is just like you say, you go to change like one thing and then you're like, well, everything changes. Like you change your poundage. Well, now the site changes and all your pins are different or you change your site. And now that's all different. You know, it's like,
1: yeah, I found that out the hard way. I didn't know.
0: A lot of tinkering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same.
1: But I mean, it was, it's a process. Now I know anyway. Well, and then, so I, yeah, I cranked up the weight to, I think 40, 45 pounds mm-hmm. for the season. I think. And it was pretty comfortable considering I started at 30. Mm-hmm. So that's what I went into deer season with. And I'm like, well, all November, we got one, that one little tiny cold spill at the end of October where it was like minus 20 for a day. And we got a couple inches of snow and then it warmed back up to like plus 10. Yeah. So all that snow melted and it was like September deer hunting <laughs> basically.
0: It was. Yeah. It was, that was exactly like how we had it too.
1: Just snowed and then gone. And yeah. There's no snow. So I, I tr- like, I I'd, I'd go sit in my stand, but it was, yeah, there wasn't much going on there. So I started moving over to another spot. Like there was a trail that went off that same field. And I'm like, okay, hey, well, I go sit under this tree that I've had luck under before. I've shot deer under bucks under it before previous years it's just a nice cozy little tree by the fence line and so I went and sat there and it's probably I think I paced it out at 30 yards from my spot is a really heavy deer trail that they use to go off the field at the end of the like whenever they come on and out Mm -hmm. it's a pretty heavy trail so I I like sitting there didn't seem to bother them much when I was there and it was neat watching him come and go and come and go. I'd bring my oldest boy down there to sit with me some nights, and we'd see him walk by, and he just thought it was the coolest thing to be that close to a deer.
0: Wow, that's super cool.
1: Yeah, so he enjoyed that. Now it's nice he's getting old enough he can enjoy that with me
2: mm-hmm. and
1: be quiet at the same time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> that's funny.
1: So, like, watching the camera, I was so determined to get that deer and i'd never seen i i went out a lot i made made a lot of effort to get out as much as i could when i didn't have my kids and they were at their dads and so every night that i could that's where i was until it was dark and i never saw that deer i was after every single day wow and finally there was one day i was at work and i left I went out hunting for a bit, and then i go back to work after it got dark because it was, I'm like, yeah, I'll just work later kind of thing, which they were really good with, which I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. They were all excited that I was into hunting and stuff, so they're like, you're right ahead, just come back after. I did that the one night, the one week, and I went down there and I sat, and it was probably right at the end of legal Light, maybe slightly after, that I finally saw him. On the other side of the field, probably 400 yards away, on the other side of the fence, just cruising the willows, he would not come out, he wouldn't jump the fence, he wouldn't come in the field. Even with a rifle, I wouldn't have shot that far, that was way too far for me. Yeah. But just to see him was a bonus, that made my day. I finally got to see him in person.
0: Yeah, and you know, you're like, he's alive. <laughs> you know, He's, he's alive? Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's some weeks are riding like, a, is he still alive? Did somebody else get him? I don't know. Yeah. So it was really cool to see. I'm like, Kate, well, that's good. And I just kind of watched him disappear into the willows. And there were probably 10 or 15 other deer on the field, a bunch of little bucks. And there was another buck that I'd got on camera a lot. And four point, well, would have been a five point. He had two of his G fours, uh, both G fours on each side were broken. Wow. And I I don't know if that was the way he grew on. I had pictures of him for two years and yeah. nice year, but he wasn't, wasn't any, anything like the one I was after. And like, he was out there a lot every other night, but I'm like, I was being picky. It wasn't after him. And so I went back out the next, the next day. I left work early, told them I was going hunting, whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, come back later." And so I went home in my scrubs, threw my hunting clothes on top, grabbed my bow and the rifle, and I've always had the rifle. Mm -hmm. We have a we have a major coyote problem, so I always have the rifle anyway. (laughs) And so I went back down to my lucky tree. I went and sat there for maybe ten minutes. Cruising, social media, sitting on my phone, look up. There's, okay, there's a doe. Look back down, look back up. I'm like, hey, there's a buck. And I look at the binoculars because I wasn't sure because he was way on the other side of the field, probably 400 yards. And I look in the binoculars and I notice it's that that one with the broken uh, G4s that I've been watching forever. Didn't have a name. He didn't name that one. (laughs) But <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm just watching him. Maybe the big guy will actually come out tonight. And, like, I could see him kind of following that doe a little bit. I'm like, because it was November 8th. So, I'm like, they're just, they're starting to get into the rut. I don't know if they're big into it yet because it felt like summer. Yeah. So, I was watching and watching. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to shoot him because he's not the one I am, the one I'm after. And it's still early. So I just kind of, I tried taking pictures and videos of him through the binoculars and my phone. Cause I don't have a fancy sc- phone scope. That mm-hmm. didn't work. And so <laughs> I have a really shaky video of him coming out of the trees, looking around on my phone. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I kind of, I don't, I don't think I watched him for more than five minutes. And that doe just took off on the trail coming towards me and she jumped the fence on that heavy trail beside me. And I'm like, Hey, I know that's 30 yards. I already knew that. And he was so hot on her and I, he was, he wasn't full out running. He was trotting. So I'm like, I actually had time to grab the bow and get ready. I'm like, if he comes in bow range, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pass him up on that. Yeah, I would have absolutely passed him up with a rifle and waited for a bigger one. But like he's, he's actually, Holy shit. He's coming towards me. (laughs) And he was trotting and grunting, like grunting, like crazy. And um, I wasn't shaking. It was, it was the weirdest feelings. Like I couldn't hear anything. I'm like, I got the bow ready. And I waited. The only crappy thing where I was sitting was there were branches everywhere. So I would have had to wait for him to come to this, had like a basketball sized window through the fence on their trail at about 30 ish yards. So I waited for him to get there and he stopped. I don't know if he saw me move. He was staring at me and I full drawed right before he saw me for like a minute. That was hard. That was really, really hard. And he finally, it was windy enough. I don't think he heard me. It was really windy that day, so once he finally moved his head, I let go for a second, and then he moved into that window. But he was a couple steps away, so I think he was closer to thirty-five yards. Yeah. So I pulled draw it again, and then he he didn't he didn't have he didn't look at me or nothing. So uh, as soon as he turned broadside enough back, looking towards that go, I. Took my shot, had him lined up just, just at 30. Didn't really compens- compensate for the fact that he kind of moved away a little bit. I think he was at 35. So I let it go and I heard the thwack and I saw the arrow break and he fumbled. Wow. And he kind of plowed a little bit and I saw blood spraying out of him <laughs> and he jumped the fence, which was probably 30 yards away from where I was sitting and then disappeared around a berm and then I didn't see him I looked down to grab my binoculars and I look up and I see this little buck standing on top of this hill where this berm is and I'm like that's not him yeah. that's definitely not him and then I heard this big crash and I'm like no way and I just stood there in silence, listening. I'm like, I was watching this little bucks through the binoculars and he's kind of looking down in that direction. I'm like, no way. There's no way that just happened. And like the shot was good. It was it, like the amount of blood I saw coming out of him. It looked it looked great. So I was pretty confident in it. Yeah. So I waited and uh, the the feeling was just like, Um, words that I can't say on camera. (laughs) 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 It was was absolutely surreal. I was so excited, but at the same time, I'm like, hey, until I get my hands on him, I'm not, don't freak out. (laughs) Don't freak out. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm replaying it in my head over and over. And I'm like, hey, I waited probably 20 minutes. That's usually what I try to wait anyway. And I texted my dad and said, I think I just got him. I go out and I look to where I shot him at. I found my arrow not far from it. covered in blood. There was a little bit of snow left in the shade in that tree line so I could see blood in the snow. And what I could see in the snow was good. And like where I heard him crash was not that far. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, I started getting pretty excited (laughs) and I went over the fence where he jumped and I looked around the corner and I saw him piled up on this sand hill. So he must've kind of went up it and fell backwards kind of thing. Yeah. And I absolutely lost my mind. (laughs) Wow. I cried and I phoned my dad and I found my friends after I got my hands on him, and I just wow, it was like probably the biggest accomplishment ever. Wow. And he was a really decent-sized first archery deer. Oh yeah. And it was just just a feeling of all that hard work paying off. It was just absolutely undescribable.
0: That's so incredible. I yeah. I knew I, I was just so stoked hearing the story now. Like I, <laughs> it feels like a while. Like you know November was a couple months ago now, a few months ago. And after we had first spoke, and you talked about you know everything with the bow and getting back into it, and you know how you got the bow and everything, and how much you were putting into time and effort and practice and everything. I just knew I was like, man, it's gotta happen, you know? And there's, I think, especially the guests like yourself that I talked to prior to like the fall, um, you know, I always asked like, you know, what was your plans and stuff like that coming up to the season and everything. And, you know, that was a big one for yourself was like, you know, archery, you know, get it done with the bow. And I, was definitely keeping tabs on people just trying to see oh like you know did the did they succeed with like what their aspirations were going into the fall and stuff like that or whatever and I was so stoked when I seen the moose one for sure and I was just like that's an amazing moose like regardless to have that experience all happen like this it's always nice to see anybody succeed anyway right like I was so stoked regardless But the minute I scrolled through whatever and I seen you sitting next to that deer with your bow, I was just so pumped for you. I was like, that's amazing. I couldn't believe it. And then now like hearing you tell the story and how it all happened and just, uh, I just love it. It gives me goosebumps. Like I'm sitting here just like, man, it's unbelievable. Cause you know, like we've all been in those moments, right? Like when, when you have all that hard work come through exactly like you said, like, you know, it's, it's hard not to celebrate, like after you make the shot and you know, you hit him, the arrow has blood on it and you're like ready to party. You're freaking out. You're like just coursing with adrenaline or whatever. Right. And then the moment of actually, like you said, like you lay your hands on him or something and it's just, it's overwhelming, right? Like it's, like you say, it's like one of the best, biggest accomplishments in everything that you've done in the outdoors. Right. And yeah, it's just like, and nobody could ever take that from you. You know what I mean? Like no one could ever like, like ah, oh, you know, sure, whatever. You know, it's like you that feeling you gave yourself through all of that hard work, and all of the energy and the effort you put into it. And it's just so cool to hear how it happened. I love it. It blows me away. I'm stoked.
1: Thank you. Yeah. No, it yeah. was absolutely. It's yeah. It's definitely something to be proud of.
2: Yeah. No matter
1: what. I mean, the people that shoot archery and get animals all the time i'm i'm sure it fades after a while but that first one like it's just wow like i was so absolutely baffled that it even happened i didn't think it would happen
0: yeah one of my favorite things that someone once told me um was that if that feeling faded they'd stop doing it right and then and that was from a guy that i've known that's hunted literally like he's he's older and has hunted his entirety of his life right and it's like I love that kind of reassurance to it that, like you say, yeah, it might, you know, not it's may not be as rewarding or magical as the first, but I think they all feel pretty wild. You know,
1: every harvest is really exciting to me. Even like I shot a coyote not that long ago and that was the first yeah. coyote I've shot in probably 13 years. And I was absolutely stoked. <laughs>
0: nice. Yeah. I did see that post recently too. That was like, And yeah, it's just always nice for sure. Like you say, if you got a bad coyote problem in the area, which seems to be a lot of areas in Alberta now, (laughs) but
1: so bad. Yeah. But I mean, like every, every, it's, it's a reward every time you get something and you make it count, Mm -hmm. whether it's, whether it's a harvest or, you know, predator kill, whatever. But like it was absolutely an accomplishment and it's something to be proud of that nobody can, like you said, nobody can take that away. Yeah that feeling will never fade
0: yeah so did you have any plans with like the buck other than obviously eating um were you going to do like a just a euro mount or anything of them or a shoulder mount or anything or
1: Uh, i have um i took him to a uh a friend of mine that guides career hunts and he boiled it up for me so i got to learn how to do that because i've never done it before so he He, um, like, just kind of whitened it up for me. I've got it on the wall right now, but I'm going to turn him into, I'm going to put him on a plank and somehow incorporate a bow holder into it. Nice. So put some sort of rack I can hang my bow on underneath because that's, it's, it's very special to me. So I want to just not turn it into just, just a Euro mount or whatever, but I mean, obviously he's not, you know, the 200 class trophy, but he's my trophy and I'm going to turn him into something special.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's like Corey from CND. He's always anything taken with a bow is always a trophy regardless. You know, I think it could be said about any harvest. Like you say, there's a story and a trophy to it, but there's something special about stuff with a bow for sure.
1: But Absolutely. Big time.
0: I think that's a cool way of doing it. Like you say, do, do the Euro on some sort of, uh, like plaque background that you can incorporate some sort of hanger or something. So every time you go to grab your bow, you always remember the first, like, that's pretty cool. I like that idea.
1: Yes. And I have the broad head still too. So I'm going to, I have an idea in my head. I just have to have the time to, you know, make it, make it happen.
0: Yeah. Make it a reality. That's cool though. I love that Mm -hmm. plan. That's super cool.
1: I'm excited for that.
0: So after that were you just like okay i'm good for a while like are you (laughs) are you thinking now like when you get back out again and stuff like that do you primarily try to again with you like being allowed to hunt throughout the year do you try to stick to those rut patterns in the fall and stuff or
1: yeah just because that's what i grew up with and like i i don't follow the stigma but Mm -hmm. i follow the seasons just because i that's my code of ethics and like, I, I don't need anything in my freezer. I'm good for a while. So like, unless I absolutely need it, I mm-hmm. won't do it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember you kind of mentioning that too, in the last episode and I always found that was very like, I don't know what the right word is. It's really like nice that you kind of honor that and everything.
1: yeah that's just just how i am so a lot of people are like oh you're so lucky you could just hunt trophies all year i'm like i could but i won't
0: yeah you're still like very honoring of the the life taken in the freezer filled and the respect to the wildlife and stuff that yeah you're just taking what what feeds you you know you're not going all over about it so
1: exactly i don't need to be selfish about it Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. just take what i need and that's it
0: it's very respectful or respectable for sure. Yeah. um yeah and then (laughs) going into I can't believe in our first conversation there's so much shed hunting you do and we talked so much in the first one and then after we were like I think you're like yeah and we didn't even get into shed hunting (laughs) I can't believe we didn't (laughs) no we didn't but uh yeah I wanted to touch on that with you a bit too and you know I'm going to embarrassingly admit this that I have attempted shed hunting many times it's it's one of those things that you're like kind of never not keeping an eye out for when you're out and about and especially in these types of months when they're dropping sheds and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. uh, i have never once found a shed You haven't found one yet? No, and I have literally, like, I have checked beds, I've checked, like, you know, the typical areas around scrapes, like scrapes that get hit really hard and stuff like that, or, you know, just kind of areas that they might rub rub off on fences where that they might jump over, or you know what I mean, like, crawl underneath and hang up on and stuff, like, what I feel like is typical places on game mm-hmm. trails, and I have literally, I I suffer for sure from suffers the wrong word, but I, th- I don't know if you've heard of the terminology of male refrigerator blindness, but <laughs>
2: yes, <laughs> like, <I have. laughs>
0: yeah. okay. So I'm like, uh, even at work, it's really funny. Like in the trades, um, we kind of have this ongoing joke at work where people will say like, "Uh, look with your eyes and not with your mouth. Because I always ask first, I'm always like, Oh, have you seen like, you know, my Phillips screwdriver or something? You, you know, have you seen my Crescent wrench? And someone's like, like, look with your eyes and not with your mouth. Like, stop asking me. Just look at, It's right in front of you. You know what I mean? It's like literally right on top of that shelf or something. Right. So, and then same thing. Like, I'm asking my wife all the time. Like, she'd be like, oh, go grab this from the fridge. And I'm like, I'll be, I'll open the doors and I'll just be like, where is
2: it? just staring at
0: it. Right. So, I feel like maybe hey. I'm out in the woods, like, looking so hard that I'm just literally sometimes looking at something I think is a branch or something sticking out of the snow. And it's just blatantly like an antler and i'm like that's nothing yeah you know? <laughs> i don't know but i'm terrible at looking so what is like honestly, what were you gonna say sir
1: honestly came from my grandma she i i don't know how old i was i wasn't very old maybe like eight or something she always just told me look for something that doesn't belong there I like so that. i'd always spot deer in the trees and like riding the bus to school, and like there's a deer under that tree, and they're like, "How'd you see that?" And I'm like, "I don't know." So I'm just, I'm even now, every time I drive to town, I'm like, maybe I should watch the road instead <laughs> instead of the fields and the trees. But <laughs> like, she always told me that, and now like I'm getting the last two years of getting way gotten way more serious about it because I actually have time to go and look. Yeah. So she she just always said, look for something that doesn't belong.
0: I just wrote that down because I'm like, <laughs> maybe that's what I needed.
1: But, I mean, it's just it's it's just luck, honestly. But, like, the most luck I have shed hunting that I've found myself, like, I, I, I wish I'd wrote down how many kilometers I walked last year because it was a lot. <laughs> um, And everywhere I went, like, I would check ridges, tree lines, trails, cut blocks, Fields, farmers fields with oats, which did you know, obviously I'd fun. Find, find a few here and there for sure. And I found a really nice match that in a bed close to a like a really nice feed crop in a farmer's field wow. where they let me look. Actually the lady I bought the bow from. <laughs> no way. So yeah, but like she's like, No, oh, just look around the hay bales. We've always got antlers falling there. So I'd look there and found six one day it was crazy i was so excited and wow. like those trails are good until you know they move on and find other areas to feed and stuff but the places i found that never fail are deep in the bush in like not not like a valley but where creeks creeks not so much rivers but creeks just any kind of open water runs deep in the bush in the trees where there's less snow they can hide And their trails that follow the creeks are like highways. I have found something every single time.
0: Hmm. That's making me want to go look now.
1: (laughs) Me too. Except it's snowing right now.
0: (laughs) Right. Oh yeah. We're having a blizzard right now over here.
1: It's Um, great. I love it.
0: We need it. Holy smokes. Talking about the fires from last year.
1: That's That's like three feet of snow, please. Tonight. I'll be happy.
0: Yeah, no doubt. But uh that definitely makes me think of like a few areas around where I'd most typically hunt that I'm like, man, maybe I should be, like you say, going a little bit more down and deeper into where there could be more hiding instead of not necessarily just bedding, but. Um, I'll see
1: when you think of it. Like they want, they, they want open water mm-hmm. and it's deep in the bush where it's easier to travel when there is lots of snow, because when you go, like, when I found that elk last year was a lot of a creek trail. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was going to bring that one up for sure, because, yeah, that's a massive find. And that was, like, pretty much the whole body you found, hey?
1: I did. I found the whole, the like, ribs, backbone. I didn't find legs, but I'm, I'm assuming he died there. I don't know how he died. Could have been a million reasons why he died, but he was way back in the bush.
0: And, like, in that picture that you shared of it, like, it's not like his antlers are caught up on some trees. It's not like he got, like, stuck and had, like, a misfortune or something, you know? It just... It's just weird. And with the size of it, yeah, it looks maybe he, that was just it for him. He just laid down. That's where he, he laid down, you know, like it,
1: that or somebody maybe had shot him and never found him,
0: unfortunately. But who knows? That was, could like, have been
1: anything.
0: I, yeah, exactly. Could have been predators, could have been whatever. Like it, it looks very like natural how it was laying, right? Like it didn't look like.
1: Yeah, no, it was. Ugh. I'm happy I had my dog with me, but same thing. Like, I think I found three antlers on that trail following that creek before i was on my way out to a road like a winter road that cut back to the road so i could get the hell out of there because i was done for the day i was exhausted and my dog went around and he sniffed that out and i i saw him and i like just kind of fell to my knees and i'm looking i'm like i i was i was probably a little (laughs) teary-eyed
0: yeah oh yeah i don't blame you the thing is friggin massive
1: oh my god he's beautiful he's on my wall now
0: I was going to say, where do you have him now? Because I thought you had him kind of, I can't remember when some of the photos you're sharing of him, like in the story when you kind of had him at home finally and stuff. But
1: uh, I think I think
0: mounted,
1: it, huh? yeah, I posted, I uh, mounted him on like a barnwood slab from our farm oh, and barbed yeah. wire. And I put him up on the wall.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: No, he looks good up there, but like, man, it was really funny because me and my, my best friend, The year prior, we started really shed hunting together and we went in a huge canyon valley looking for stuff. We found paddles and deadheads and she found a monstrous whitetail deadhead. And we made this joke because I was like 20 feet away the other way. She's like, no way. So I look and she finds this behemoth whitetail that's, you know, a friggin' trophy with a unicorn sticking out of his brow tine. (laughs) Just I'm just like wow that's I'm I'm so happy for you. I was yeah. 20 feet away. <laughs> She's like so she made this joke. She's like who knows maybe you'll find a 400 plus class deadhead elk.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> So
1: nice. I I found that and I sent that to her and she she said some choice words. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: that's funny. Yeah, wow that's nuts though that like I don't like so when when you're. Like, cause I know this is kind of prime time of like them dropping sheds. I know some people will be like, Oh, like give them some time to, to drop them and move around or something like don't go spooking something. I don't know. Like, do you find like, is there a window that you're like, okay, like January, or you're like February is a good time. Or is it like March? Or are you just find Like all three of those months. And then is there a time that you're like, taper off shed hunting or like even in the summer and stuff are you still keeping an eye out for sheds because i mean the ones that are hanging out there that are still there or whatever
1: well i mean last year was great because like it was actually winter last year like we had so much cold weather and like my dad always said that cold weather cold weather is what helps them drop sheds and i Mm -hmm. believe him now because this year they're all still holding everything Mm. that I've seen like I know there's the odd people posting that they're finding stuff and every deer that I've seen so far has had maybe the odd one is missing one but I haven't I've gone out a few times and I haven't found anything I know moose are done pretty much dropping by now but um this time last year I've found probably eight sheds. I haven't found any yet this year (laughs)
0: Interesting. Yeah. Cause I seen, like you said, like you see a couple of them. The only ones I've seen though, personally, are like the people that are like, oh, it's like fresh, fresh. Like there's still like the blood on it or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. But other than the stuff that's like ridiculously fresh, I really haven't seen. And that's like, like you say, very few and far between, even from the people that have found something. It's not yeah. very common right now that I'm seeing stuff. So.
1: No. And I'm honestly not worried about bumping them or anything if I'm looking like I'm not. I mean, I look when I can, obviously, so I don't really have much of a window. I'll probably, like, I I want to go out for moose right now, yeah. but, I mean, it, it depends on the snow. But, yeah. I mean, we've had so, much, so little amount of snow that it'd be good to go out for moose right now while everything's frozen, because everywhere they go, if I wait till March or April, I'll be swimming in muskeg. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So I pretty much go, when did I, I stopped on mother's day last year because that was when I was crawling through spider webs and there were, there were bugs crawling down my back and I'm like, no, I'm I'm done.
0: You're done now yet.
1: (laughs) Done looking. I'm always on the lookout all year, no matter what, even hunting season last year, I still found the odd one hiking out looking for elk, moose. Yeah. Which was great.
0: I definitely have seen that too, like guys that are going out to check cameras or, you know, people in general, like right in that window of beginning of the fall kind of thing. And all, they're still like, oh, I found a shed here, found a shed there Just from going out even that time of year. But I mean, not to say they're not going to be there. It's just it always seems like this winter portion is like very heavily like... Uh, people have really set their focus on shed hunting this time of year. So
1: it is. And, um, I learned, well, I remember from my hunting ed course when I was a teenager, the old guy that taught it, he, that was one of his questions. He's like, do you you all know why you don't find more sheds any time of year or in the summer of said year? And he said, rodents, And I'm like, that makes sense. So, like, porcupines, beavers eat them too, porcupines, squirrels, mice. Every antler I found past February had some sort of chew marks on it. I only have one that I've, three that I've found that don't have any critter marks on them.
0: That's super interesting. I actually had no idea. I did not know that at all.
1: No. So, it makes sense. I mean, obviously, we probably find a lot more.
0: Yeah. I just always, like, think, you know. A year or two in decomposition and stuff. And I mean, I'm sure it takes quite a while for it to kind of get to that point, but yeah, I just never really thought that other things would be chewing on it for.
1: Well, uh, and they love the fresh ones. Like the older ones I've found, sometimes I get lucky and find an old one that hasn't been touched because I think there's obviously some sort of nutrition in it that dies after a while that they like. Yeah. Like some dead, I've found, I've found so many moose deadheads; it's insane. I don't even know how many I've found now, but like a lot of the older ones I've found, they're untouched. But like the the antlers themselves are just like charcoal; they're so brittle.
2: And I'm
0: sitting here just like, oh yeah, I've seen so many or found so many, eh? I'm like, I haven't even. Yeah. Found them. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I'm blaming it on the male refrigerator blindness I have, but
1: yeah, I, yeah, it's uh, well, this year's weird. Lots of people yeah. finding moose. I'm really excited to go for that. But like it's, mm-hmm. it is my absolute favorite thing to do besides hunting. Sometimes I like it more than hunting because there's not the frustration and the pressure Yeah. Of finding something. It's, it's, it's an Easter egg hunt for adults.
0: I like that. Yeah. And I mean, it's super cool too, because you can, you know, really decorate the house nice with it too. I think it is so cool. Like it's just stuff you can add to your wall and everything as well.
1: And, you know. Exactly, and like I use them for everything. I've got moose paddles for a fruit bowl, and they, most of them are just laying around the house. <laughs> yeah, but cool. I, they're just any any one, no matter the size, is a treasure, and I'm absolutely ecstatic if I find yeah. anything.
0: Yeah, and see, like you know, with the last dogs that I had, I'd have like buddies that would come over and bring like a shed they found to give to my dog or something, and you know. It's like, and they're just like, yeah, you know, just found it on the farm. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, then they didn't even hunt or something, you know? And I'm like, and I can't find anything.
1: No, it's, <laughs> so, well, like I mean,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: that's how I, I feel this year because I haven't found anything yet.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I think I got to put in more effort though, too, because at, at some points I just got frustrated and I was like, uh, you know, I think this year too, like um, with the Alberta Conservation Association, I've, I got to get out and do my volunteer, uh, like go and check out the two properties I have with them to go and kind of oversee and see what's going on out there. I was trying to leave it for hunting season um, because that is in like a rifle hunting area away from town, yeah. so I didn't want to go in there and if anybody was out there hunting, I did because it is pretty much like public. I didn't want to go out and spoil anyone else's hunt while I'm just routinely checking the land kind of thing. Um, but I was thinking maybe I'll do some shed hunting when I go out there and check that out too, to just check out a new area or whatever. But yeah.
1: No, I swear by those deep bush trails following creeks. Never fails.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm going to take your word for it. And uh, there's already a couple that I'm like, I can't believe I haven't even gone and walked down to there and even checked. So yeah. Give me some ideas for sure. I'm definitely looking forward to going and looking again, even though I get really frustrated with it. I'll go with it and
1: it's pretty good exercise too, trekking through snow.
0: And you, I think even then there's so much to learn too, right? You're like, Oh, like they're using this game trail or they're definitely down here. You know, like that's something that I always did really like about shed hunting too, is like, I definitely wasn't in the wrong area. You know what I mean? Like there was deer sign absolutely everywhere and beds everywhere. Right. So it's like, and you can kind of figure out what game trails are using and you might be able to go, okay, you know, maybe I'll set up on this trail next year. This seems like a decent spot to put a stand or something like that. Like you could do a ton of scouting while you're looking for sheds and stuff too. So.
1: Exactly. And like, it's, it's a really cool way to learn their habitat and their, their behaviors and stuff too. And I like that. That's cool.
0: Yeah, no doubt. That's really true. Yeah. Really learn how to get through everything. So. Yeah. Well, so what are your, to bring it all the way back to that kind of question again, what are your goals now going into 2024 and everything?
1: Well, obviously more archery. I really would like to get a spring bear um, with the bow. I'll try. I tried last year, failed, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't too into it. So I'll try harder this year and just try and spot and stock. I don't, like, I don't, no baits, no stands, nothing. I'll just try and find a cut block or something somewhere and try and stock up on one
0: nice that'd be unreal and then same kind of thing you're thinking trying to get a moose with it too and everything kind of is that just go for whatever big game species that you're going out for elk and everything too just with a bow
1: with the okay. bow yeah. i would love to get an elk with the bow
0: oh me too that's something i haven't done and i'm like yeah
1: i would love to get an elk period
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, someone recently, um I don't know if you're familiar with Jeff Dorward there, like Dorward Outdoor Adventures. Mm-hmm. On Instagram. I yep. just actually stopped by his place here in Edmonton the other day and I saw his shoulder mounted elk for the first time. And I was like, man, that thing's huge. <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> and it's just, I'd like, uh, you know, and even with like Hunter at Precision Edge and stuff, like, I've seen quite a bit of mounts and everything, but just the form that they chose for his, that he chose with like his taxidermist. I was just so like, man, <laughs> just, it totally blew me away. I was like, that's something, like you said, we just like to get an elk in general, but. <laughs>
1: yeah. They are something else. They are so cool. I just like, they were, they always just seemed way out of my goal reach. So I never really thought about it, but now I'm way more determined yeah. to at least try. I have to at least try.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Have you been doing like much calling that way? Like you got a bugle tube and stuff or any reads or anything?
1: Uh, I got reads, but I'm, I think my kid's better at it than I am.
0: <laughs> no way. That's funny.
1: He's pretty good at it. Just with it. He uses an empty paper towel tube and I'm like, yeah, you might do the calling. I'll do the shooting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That'd be so cool to see. That would be. Very uh, right on. Well, I think that's uh pretty much everything that i wanted to go over i don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add but yeah
1: no i think that covers most of it
0: yeah i just really appreciate you coming back on megan and telling those stories i was so friggin' stoked to hear both of those and especially to congratulate you and congratulations again on your first archery big game animal is unreal to see that and hear it so i appreciate it
1: well, thank you. I'm excited to share the story again. Now I'm all oh. smiles. Just thinking about it again.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really took me back. I was like, you know, getting into it, and then just when you really started to get into the heat of that story with, you know, how he was behaving, and you guys staring, and you know, going to full draw, and then letting down, and go to full draw again. I'm like, oh my god,
2: like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so no, it was too cool, and I yeah appreciate it, Duns, and I look forward to the next time we chat. I hope to see some photos like i said i'll be still keeping tabs and touching base and hopefully you know see some spring bears maybe an elk or two and yeah some future success i wish you all the best of luck and yeah also looking out for some good shed finds and uh if i do find something for the first time you'll probably be the first one i let know (laughs) after this conversation
1: sounds good
0: okay well you take care megan you have a great night and thank you again
1: you bet thanks for having me
0: for sure See you.
1: Bye.